Happy New Year. Hello, everyone. Hope you had a good holiday break. Yeah, it's fun. Can you believe it's 2017 already? It just goes by, doesn't it? Yeah. My kid, my oldest kid is now, like, applying to colleges. And so, you know, she was just like, you know, some of you remember, I think. So things, I mean, time goes by, and every new year when the calendar turns, it, it, it makes you think, doesn't it? it? It's the time, it's the season to think about what's ahead for the year, right? It's the kind of uh, season when there's like, uh, uh, you know, the calendar turns, and you start thinking about New Year's resolutions, right? You start thinking, what's ahead for my life? What's ahead for this year? Right? What are my hopes? <laughs> I'm going to exercise five times a week. Anybody? Yeah, I'm going to have a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to read a book a month. I'm going to, uh, whatever it may be, I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Right? This is the season to think about those resolutions. And some of them work out. But more often than not, many of them do not work out. Have you found that to be true? Like you make all these New Year's resolutions and isn't that true? Like many of them do not work out. And I've always wondered why that is. Have you ever wondered why some resolutions work and some do not? That's an interesting question, right? So today I want to talk about how to make plans. Because there are good ways to make plans and there are bad ways to make plans. You know, some of the plans work out, some of the plans don't work out. There was a, a New York Times article, because, you know, it's the season, about New Year's resolutions and why some work out and some do not. To quote, the main idea is cited one big reason why the New Year's resolutions fail. He said, they come from an idea of, here's this thing that's flawed about me. I haven't done it right. Now it's time for me to do it right. It puts you in negative space. And that's why the article said that's why a lot of these resolutions fail. And, and that made me wonder, why is that? Why is that such an important factor? That being in the negative space will cause a plan to be prone to fail. I mean, isn't it kind of a, a good motivation to think about, hey, here is this flaw I have, right? I'm a little bit, I'm eating too much, or, you know, I don't read enough, or, you know, I have this character flaw, or I have that kind of problem. And then you say, hey, I want to get better about it. Why not, why not use that as motivation? Isn't it motivating to find these problems and, and desire to improve yourself? Why, why would that be problematic? Why would that make it prone to failure? Isn't that interesting? Well, the Bible has an answer to that question. Why that is, especially in New Covenant reality that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. 
It talks about why that kind of mental state can put you into uh, a place where you're prone to fail. Sounds interesting, right? So let's take a look. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O man of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. Beautiful passage, isn't it? Makes you feel better just to read it. But there is a very common reaction and and a very common question that comes up in connection with this passage. And and, and people often ask, is Jesus saying, don't plan at all? Right? Birds don't plan ahead. Flowers don't plan ahead. It's all going to work out. God is looking out for you. Kumbaya. Don't worry. Be happy. Right? Is that what Jesus is saying here? Don't plan at all. It's all going to just work out. Just live your life. Like, you know, in that Aesop's fable, there's a fable about ants and the grasshoppers. You remember that children's story? Where the ants, they plan ahead. They look ahead. There's a summer, it's really nice, but there's a winter coming. We're going to die if we don't have food. So we're going to work and store up food. And grasshoppers are like, ah, you, you know, humbug. You know, I'm just going to play away. And it's nice right now. Who cares about tomorrow? And then the winter time comes. And ants are warm and comfortable. And grasshoppers die. Right? They just die. In cold. Have you ever noticed how these, all these children's fables, it's just so gruesome. <laughs> right? I mean, black beards just chops off wives' heads and like Hansel and Gretel. I mean, it's like, <laughs> these are all so gruesome. You know? Well, that's, I'm digressing here. But anyway. So, What's wrong with planning, right? Doesn't the, point, doesn't the story have a point? If you don't think ahead, you're going to die. That often happens. Planning ahead can often be life-saving. So what is Jesus saying here? Right? What are we to make of this passage? Well... In reading Bible passages, instead of just speculating what it 
means in our own head. What is often a good move is to look at the commands. What is the action item? Well, what is the bottom line thing that Jesus or God is telling us to do? Instead of just speculating all the way, look at the commands first and then interpret the passage from the grid of the action item. That will often bring clarity to exactly what is being taught to us. Does that make sense? So let's look at what is the action item, the commands in this passage. Well, the main command is to not be anxious about your life. That comes up three times in this short passage. The command is the verb. Everything else is, the, is just explanations, questions. The command, action item, is, is the verb, do this. What he's telling us is do not be anxious about your life. That's the main command. And then the only other command you can find is seek first the kingdom of God. Those are the two commands in this passage. Do not be anxious and seek first the kingdom of God. And they are actually connected. In the context of this passage, seeking first the kingdom of God is all about not being anxious about our tomorrows. Because... In the kingdom of God, in the new covenant reality that we've been talking about, God has made a commitment. He's made a commitment to be good to us. He so delights in doing us good. He's committed himself to do good to us without condition. He's just going to be good to us. And so, in the new covenant, the main question is, do we trust this promise that everyone who turns to God, God is going to put his spirit into them and he's going to put peace joy, kindness resilience until he works all things for our good this is the new covenant promise from God amen is this true, yes so the question in the new covenant faith or Christian faith, is do we seriously believe this promise? It's about trust. It's about faith. It's no longer about our behavior and our conditions because the cross took care of that. This is Christianity 101, folks, right? Sola fide. Not by works, but by faith. Not by our behavior, But do we trust in God's goodness? And this is why anxiety is such a big deal in new covenant faith. In the old covenant, anxiety is fine. It's actually a great tool of religion. In the old covenant mentality or that setup, it's all about obey God's commands, don't fall outside His good graces, do it right, Or God is going to punish you. And so be afraid. There's all this fire and brimstone preaching. One of the most famous sermons in American history is sinners in the hands of an angry God. You heard about this, right? Probably. There's this fear 
and anxiety. You're going to fall into damnation. Punishment is coming your way. Anxiety is a great tool in the old covenant religions. So behave. You know, fear is a great motivator to keep you in line. But Jesus changed all that. The cross changed all that. He took all of our guilt and shame on the cross. Hallelujah. Yes? That's what we believe. So now, in Christian faith, it's all about do we trust that God is really good to us? And so, this passage is really about our lifestyle. Is it going to be based on anxiety? Or is it going to be based on trust? Will not our Heavenly Father take care of you? That is the main question that Jesus is asking in this passage. Do you have trust in this? So yes, life requires planning. We do need to make plans. But we can make plans based on fear and anxiety... Or we can make plans with confidence and hope. The two very different ways of making plans. Wouldn't you agree? You can make plans envisioning a horrible outcome. You know, hands of angry God dangling, just about to fall into a lake of fire. And so, you know, you can build your life around that fear. Or you can... Build and plan your life around this confidence and hope. God is out to do me good. And you can have these visions and pictures of goodness of God flowing through your life and make plans with that as your basis. Right? It's a big difference between the two approaches. And that's what we are talking about here. And even New York Times tells us plans based on fear don't pan out. Because God is not into that. It's God does not bless that kind of planning. doesn't work. It's harmful. I, I personally know very well how harmful it is to build life and plan based on fear. Because I am very, very good at that. I mean, that's just basically how I live my life. Seriously, folks, if there was an Olympic event on planning based on fear, I could seriously compete and, and, and go for the gold, you know? This is just how I have built my life. Maybe it's because I came to America alone as a child, and I just... You know, felt like so threatened by the world conditions and felt small. And so I just developed this habit of imagining worst case scenarios every day. I wake up, I have to bike to school, I'm going to get hit by a car. That's the first picture in my head. And so I'm going to just have to like... Bike very carefully, you know. That, that's the kind of way I built my life. And it served me well. I'm alive. You know, kept me out of trouble. Uh, by and large, I have been very successful. 
but it has also leached color and joy from my life. And it's brought a lot of grief. It has limited the scope of the imagination of, of what my life could be. Because I'm always thinking about what can go wrong. It limits who you are. It's brought a lot of grief and pain. Because I hold all that stress in my back. And you may have noticed I'm wearing this belt because, you know, I have this back trouble that has plagued me most of my adult life. And I think a lot of that has to do with carrying all that stress in my back. And that's no fun. That's no fun. It just really doesn't do me very well. Let me tell you a story from uh, the vacation we had this holiday. Anybody uh, go on a vacation this holiday? Need a vacation from vacation? <laughs> yeah. Well, we went to Mexico. Beautiful place. You know, it's a beach resort. We go there often. It's just 80 degrees. You know, palm trees. Beautiful fish in the sea. Beach chairs. Pina coladas. Beautiful place. Yeah? Love it there. Well... Even there, I found a way to uh, overplan and do what I'm talking about. Well, you see, the first few days, there were plenty of beach chairs and pool chairs. You know, and some of them are nicer than the others because there are trees that give you shade. Some chairs are under the shade, some of them are not. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you been to like a beach resort and some beach chairs are like more prime than others, you know? And at first it was fine because they were, the, the resort wasn't full, but after a few days it filled up. And so the prime chairs with the shade, they are, they, they go. And you, know, you have to like reserve them like by like, Going there early and putting your stuff. Have you ever done that? Like you, you like go and put your stuff on it and you just like reserve them, right? And so one day, I just woke up one morning, super early. It was five something, super dark. And I thought, well, it's a little early, but I'm up anyway. I might as well go get the chairs. It's a good thought, right? I get up and, you know, get like some stuff like snorkels and stuff like that. Go out and I get my chairs. That's planning, right? Planning ahead. And I don't want to be a grasshopper. I'm going to be more like ants. I'm gonna be, I want to be comfortable. And so I did that. All fine. And then I came back because it's just... Really dark, right? You're not going to sit out there. So I came back and I lie down and try to go back to sleep because, you know, nobody's up. I can't go back to sleep. So I start thinking about this and that. And eventually I start thinking, did I really get the right chairs? You know what I mean? Because the shade kind of moves around and like... You know, when it's like 2 o'clock, it's a little bit different than when it's at 10 a.m. And I start thinking, you know, maybe I should have gotten these, you know, chairs that's next to them. And I think that would have been a little bit better. And then I think, 
and other kids. They're not very good at putting on sunscreens, you know. I yell at them every hour, but you know they're just you know they're just playing around. And I had this picture in my head of my kids just burning up, and their skins are cracking, and like you know lizard skins, and you know they are not putting on sunscreen, and like you know I mean like these thoughts. And I was like, ah, I don't want them to burn up like that. So I got up again. went out, and I tried to, you know, move all that stuff from this chair to another chair, and the process tweaked my back. Wow. Right? Stupid! <laughs> right? I mean, I, I just, I, I, I could just say a lot of cuss words right now, but uh, <laughs> let's not go there. Really, like, oh my God, what have I done? I have found a way to just overplan and stress out in a beach resort. And now this is like a place where you're supposed to not have a care in the world, right? I mean, this is why you go to a place like this, away from New York. What well, New York, right? New York, where you do this, right? And then you go to a beach resort in order. To get away from that kind of mentality, agreed. And somehow New York came with me. I cannot escape from myself. I found I found a way to overplan based on fear, based on worst case scenarios, and acting on that. And God does not bless that. Because this is not seeking the kingdom of God. This is being anxious about tomorrow. This is the critical sin in new covenant reality of just having no faith, no trust, just over plan based on fear and stress and worst case scenarios. That is seeking the world, and that doesn't get blessed. You end up with problems like tweaking your back. I recovered eventually. I, I'm doing good. It was really good for me to be in Mexico. I really convicted me, and it was really a time of spiritual breakthrough and letting go of some of that stress. And my back is feeling a lot better. Isn't that great? I am doing better. Thank you for all your prayers. It's been working out. But it's just been really convicting. Planning based on fear, or planning based on confidence and hope—huge difference. Key, key, key question: whether we are living by faith or living by the rules of this world. So yes, we need to make plans. Yes, let's plan. But can we make this our New Year's resolution? Let's make sure we plan based on confidence and hope. Let's not make plans based on, oh, I'm gonna be like, you know, 500 cholesterol. You know, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be jobless, homeless. I'm gonna be, you know, dying. 
And so I have to do this. Let's not do that. Can we agree? It's a question of faith. Sounds good? Let me give you some practical suggestions. First, connect with God for positive vision for the day. Every day you wake up, first thing you do, connect with God until you have a positive vision for the day. Because usually what I do, I wake up and I immediately get stressed. And I found myself coming back from vacation. Oh, it was so great. The next morning I wake up and then I'm like all stressed out because over the holidays, all kinds of stuff have been piling up. You know? For example, we have a new website, guys. Have you seen that? You know, big reveal. We have come out of the uh, Stone Age website. Now we are into Mobile Way Age website. So check it out, okay? It's cool. Stuff like that. And the sermon. And this and that. All the stuff piled up. And so I wake up and I, I, I think, oh, I have so much to do. And I have this a mental picture of my day ahead. And, and I'm feeling harried. There is not enough time to do all the stuff I have to do. And that is one of the worst things for me. I hate that. I hate not doing a good enough job. And so I just have this picture of terrible, horrible, no good, you know. Have you heard of that children's book? You know. So I have this, I have this you know, grimace. I have this picture of myself working on my sermon with this grimace. You know, just trying to get it out. And so I repented. <laughs> I turned. This is what repentance is. You, you turn. You turn to God and say, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not living by faith here. And so I turned to God and asked him to help me out. God, you know, I, I need help here. <laughs> I, I need to have more confidence. It's hard, man. Faith is hard. It takes work. I worked at it until I could have a picture of a smiling Charles. And I'm working on the sermon and I'm smiling. And I'm having a good day. You know, God-empowered day. Because God is blessing me. Because he has made a commitment to me. So then, you know, it took a few minutes, but I got there. I could see the day ahead, and it was a much more positive picture. And that made such a big difference. Doesn't take long. It will make a huge difference in your day if you can get to that place of thinking ahead with a smile on your face. That's living by faith. Agreed? Can you do it? Sounds good? All right. So have this attitude in all your planning. For example, base your New Year's resolutions on a vision of positive future. So if you are into that, New Year's resolutions, if you are thinking about the year ahead and planning, make sure it's based on positive picture rather than a fear of negative something happening. Whatever that may be. Imagine all God's goodness backing you up. And when you are in that space, 
Then make your plans. It will cause a difference in what kind of plans come out of you. Now, this is a great theme. We are starting a new sermon series called Living with Vision and Hope in two weeks. We sent out a bunch of postcards. This is going to be great. Invite your friends. If you're interested in delving more into this, and this is going to really have an impact on the quality of our life. Make sure you're coming. Invite your friends. It's going to be good. Two weeks. That's something to think about. So, as we wrap up the sermon, I want to spend a little bit of time here and now turning to God. Because He's present now. And this is something we can do even now to set up our year together on a positive note. Sounds good? So let's pray together. I'm going to just spend a few minutes just reflecting. You know, all this is something we all want. And we all believe in our head that God is good and He is out to do us good. He's got our back. But oftentimes, it's hard to keep believing that in the face of struggles, in the face of things that we worry about, in the face of doubts and anxiety. It's hard to keep being in that space. So, As you turn your attention to God, I want you to think about specific things that you're worried about right now, this year. You know, your equivalent of kids burning up in the sun, that picture I had in my head. I'm sure all of us have a couple of things in our heads right now as we think ahead. That brings on doubt, anxiety, fear. Face them. Face them. Don't ignore them. Let it come up. Now bring that to God. Turn your attention to God. And bring those items of anxiety to him. Ask him to take it from you. Ask him to give you faith that is bigger than the power of these worst case scenarios have over your life. Tell your soul that God is bigger than the power of these fearful things in your heart. Turn to God. Lean into His goodness. Right now, ask Him to put into your heart faith, confidence, trust, and hope. Just spend a minute in this space turning to God. God, Holy Spirit, come right now fall upon each and every soul in this room. Speak to every heart right now. 
Speak of your love and your goodness. Speak, Lord. Turning to you, O God. God, give us now a vision, your vision. Of who we are and what we will be doing and what this year is going to look like, Holy Spirit, come and give us a vision of what this year will be. That's blessed by heaven. That's blessed by kingdom of heaven. The joy that's going to come to us this year. Your help. And your power, giving us breakthroughs this year. Give us a vision, O oh God, that comes from your heart for our lives. Your vision, O oh God, filled with your power and your blessing. For this is new covenant. We turn to you now. Amen.